This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Fake handoff. Bennett keeps it around the left corner. Inside the five and he scores. A great fake to Edwards heading to the right. Bennett kept it and ran around the left end and was untouched as he ran along the numbers into the end zone. A 21-yard rushing touchdown for Stetson Bennett. This is Durden Sprague. He throws short to the right and it's intercepted. Javon Bullard stepped in front of the pass, picked it off and went down near the 22-yard line, far side of the field. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. I think it might be a curtain call here for Bennett. It yes, be. it is. That's why they did that. Kirby Smart walks out near the numbers on the near sideline, gives Bennett a hug. I love that. And that will do it for a legendary career for Stetson Bennett. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 6.02 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader, 1080, The Fan. It is a Tuesday. So happy to all who observe. (laughs) What is happening? I feel like my mic's really hot. Really hot. Or your, hot. Speak, or your headphones are hot. I don't think it's my headphones because I turn them up and I'm hearing you at a normal volume. And then, uh, hey, that sounds a little bit better. That's yeah, I feel like we're centered out now. Um, so uh, what did we watch yesterday? <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to do a check-in. I don't really want to talk about that Dude, game. The Kraken yet, are just destroying Eastern Canada on this road trip. So you went from sports to sports last night. Yeah. Okay. I didn't watch anything else. I turned the. I didn't turn it off. I just room and did, like did stuff around the house and went to bed early. That was my response. I just left it playing on your television. And well, like didn't I had watch stuff. It? I had stuff I needed to do around the house. Were you so afraid I, you were gonna miss the sixty-five-seven comeback? No, there was just nothing else on TV. Well, turn your TV uh, off. Polar bears are dying. What are we doing here? Because my TV's on. Polar bears are dying. Your TV. Yeah, my yeah. TV did it. It's killing polar bears. This is all your fault. The flooding in California is all your fault. I mean, it's the last. The trigger college... was productive last <laughs> night too. It's the last college football game of the year. I go down with the ship. Um, so did TCU. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I got to the point where I think where a lot of people got, we're like, okay, this thing's over. It was over at 10 to nothing. Well, it was over at 10 they, to nothing. They scored a tutty. I and don't then know. we're outscored 55 to nothing after that. It was, they could not get a stop. The I, only I, thing I, that was going to stop yeah. them, Georgia last night was Georgia themselves. I knew you were going to come in with this energy, <laughs> this, I told you so energy. Cause you text us at like 10, nothing. The game was, this game's over. over, isn't it? And I'm like, well, I'm not ready to say that yet. And then they scored a tutty. And I'm like, Hey, okay. All right. They had one play on a broken coverage all night. And that was it. Their coach is a coward and they lost. Uh, I, I did <laughs> they didn't lose. Because their coach was a They're, coward. They lost because their coach was okay. a coward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they scored 70 points last night if they go for it on one fourth down. Y- it could have swung the momentum, <laughs> man. You never know. Yeah. Um, I turned to the office 
on Comedy Central. I hadn't watched The Office in a while. God, that was a great choice by me. Sat there and just watched The Office, and I'm like, college football's it's not over, but it's over. It's I, over, yeah. I didn't really have a lot of interest in watching a trophy ceremony. I never really do. They don't do much for me. It is funny that a... Uh... Because Reese Davis went to Alabama, so he's down there having to do that with Kirby. Yeah, Reese Davis See, had a good life. Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, Reese Davis can shut up. Also, Alabama's won how many national championships in the last 15 years? That's, That's like, kind of my point. Seven. Yeah. He's doing okay. Like, shut up. You, any, you other, any other pro, like, if he went to, like, Tennessee or something, then, I, you know, that might be a little awkward. I could get that. How long has he been doing game day? Ten years now? Eight years? Long time, ever since Fowler kicked up yeah, to the booth. Yeah, when Fowler just does the play-by-play. So he's seen what in his time just as the host of game day? Like four championships? Something like four or five. Shut up. Well, and he was around before that. then. I remember talking to him at the 2010 national title game against Auburn. I remember, like, college kid dirt bumping into him like, Hey, you got any advice for me? Oh, I you did the Reese Davis, you I, got any advice for I me? I can't even remember what he told me, but he was, he's was he been around a long time. <laughs> he's been at ESPN for many, many moons. Probably get the hell away from me. <laughs> yeah. I did that to Fowler in Boise. I, I got hell to, are you? I got to Boise the day before Oregon State played at Boise State, and I was just perusing around the stadium, the blue turf, <laughs> and I saw Chris Fowler, and I'm like, wow, that's Chris Fowler. So I went up to him, and I said, hey, man, big fan, love the work you do. Uh, I'm a student media member, and he's like, hey, that's awesome that you made the trek out here. Thanks a lot for being here. You should keep focused and work hard. You could be what I am right now. He had a really intense handshake, too. Yeah, he. Yeah. have you seen his Instagram I, I don't uh, well I'm not on Instagram okay. uh, but he's, when when I was I I had seen his videos start to pop up on my feed the he's reels. like a motivational speaker he's always sitting yeah. next to a river and he's like you know the river here next to me it flows like water water <laughs> flows smooth you ever think about the smoothness of the yeah. water it's because we've come together camaraderie team we've got to think of the universe and the forest as ourselves like his he goes deep well he's one of the longest tenured people at espn he's been there a long time and do you remember the show that he started out doing it's it not a- around anymore i don't know if you guys remember this there was a they used to do a magazine show that was it an extreme sport thing no <laughs> it was uh it was a half hour magazine show focused on high school sports it was called scholastic sports america sure and don't he was that. the nope. host of that nope. that's how he started it was you know they'd take their production crew and go wherever and find these it and that's how he started and eventually worked his way up Tennis too, he's yeah. a tennis guy. Yeah. He's a big tennis if, guy. If there was one person schedule, I would be. I'm most envious of at ESPN. It's his. Some, I think he's got the best gig. Somebody noted on Twitter. I, I'm going to try to remember this for next year's game. Somebody noted that he's got like a streak in the national championship game. This is Twitter, so I don't know if this is true, <laughs> but he's got a streak. They said in the national championship game where the first team that scores. He continues to say, and so and so's draws first blood. Like he uses the expression draws for 15 first years blood. in a row, or however many years. However been. many years he's been oh. doing that. I guess somebody noticed, like every year he tells me the first team that scores draws first blood, which is a great go to. But I watched The Office, and it was a great episode. It was uh, the episode where Michael thought Stanley was being uh, taken by Utica. And so he goes to, he wants to go to Utica. Yeah, he's got to go spy. And I, I left, I was laughing for 20 minutes. I forgot about the scene where he calls their lead salesman <laughs> to recruit him as an employee. And the employee goes, wait, 
aren't you, uh, isn't Scranton the worst branch? Didn't everybody <laughs> just quit? And he goes, I fired him like I'm going to fire you. <laughs> and then it's quiet for 10 seconds. He goes, so, are you in? Uh, what do you think? You want to come work for me? But I'm watching this, and a commercial plays. Guys, I, I cannot believe I have to tell you this. Did you know that the Jersey Shore is still a television show? I did not know that, no. It is still on TV. That group of Jersey... It's all the same people? It's all of them. It's the the Wow, J-Wow, um, uh, Snooki, uh, Pauly D. The situation. The situation is there. Wasn't he in prison for like two years? Uh, I think it was like nine months. But yeah, he was in prison. Okay. I don't know what he did, but he was in. He actually served time. And he he got was, out. yeah, legitimately in prison. Yeah. Looks like he's got a lot of work done. Okay. He doesn't have a, any wrinkles, and he when he smiles, it uh, his face doesn't move much. <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, one of the most depressing things that's happened in our lifetime is the death of MTV. Yeah, MTV. MTV used to be a great channel. I know. Of music videos, good reality shows. Like it was a, it was it was a, a a decent channel on your Rolodex that you would go to quite often. And I can't tell you the last time I I landed on MTV. Like and when you're flipping around, nothing on, no sports, you're bored out of your mind, you're doing the surfing. I can't tell you the last time I landed on MTV. No, I, I w- that's actually what went through my brain was like, oh, MTV is still a thing. And, still a thing. And yeah. they're still doing the Jersey Shore. And I guess I want to ask you this. Uh, also, I was wondering, have any of those dudes gotten hair restoration work? Because yes, are we sure all doubt. of them are? Like, none of those guys are going to go bald at all. They're just going to have the greatest <laughs> hairlines of all time. Without a doubt. A lot of plastic, a lot of fake hair. Has to be. Um, at what point in, in, in doing something do you credit the individual doing it? So I say this about the Kardashians because everybody always is quick to tell me. They're not even talented. And I'm like, well, I mean. You, they figured something out. Yeah, you can't exist. Hot. Well, it's not just, but they have businesses, and their they businesses didn't. are successful. You cannot be around for that long <laughs> and not be good at something. And so I, I have to ask this on a Tuesday. Are the Jersey Shore people just really good at television? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think we just live in a really stupid country. No, I mean, we know that's I, true. I think that's our dilemma. We, we have people that, like, star worship celebrities, and it's a real bad epidemic that happens. And it, I think the Kardashians fall into this category as well. Like, all the products that they come out with, and they go, people will go buy them because they have, like, worshipers. For not doing much, just being on television and letting cameras into their lives. And, and, and living their lives with a lot of drama. Most of it's made up and fake. And it gets people talking. Like, the Jersey Shore is the same way. I, there's not much. It doesn't take talent to live in a reality TV house, get drunk, and make up drama because you were drunk. We just live in a dumb country where people are willing to watch that as entertainment. So zero credit to the Jersey zero Shore Zero credit to the Jersey wow. Shore cast. Yeah. Wow. Zero credit. I, I would give credit to the to the producers of the show, maybe, for finding a way to find make those people interesting. Yeah, I'll give, you, hmm. I'll give that credit. And maybe the producers who came up with the idea, like, people will watch this because we're dumb. Okay. I'll give them credit. Credit. I don't think it takes much talent to be a drunk ass, you know, on on the Jersey Shore. You uh, you say our celebrity worship is is awful, and I will not name names. I refuse to name names here. There is a coworker of ours, and I bet you could guess it off the air. There's a coworker of ours who texted me not long ago, and they asked, "Do you think there's anything?" Kanye can do to walk back the Hitler comment <laughs> so I can listen to him again. 
Sums it up. <clears throat> and I said, we do it with, we do it no, with, no, no, you don't come back from that. No, that, that's his, he's over. Like that's, that's no. finito. You will never be hearing from that individual again. No, that, I mean, there's that, like people worship the, the royal family. Like that's a thing. Like, oh my God. Dirt. It's bad. It's bad. We man. have not talked about this. <laughs> we have an issue. You need to tell this guy, the guy who looks like you, you need to tell him to go the hell away. I don't care about your brother. You think I look like Prince Harry? You kind of have a Prince Harry vibe. Okay, I'll yeah. take that. Naked in a Vegas hotel, scandal. <laughs> With uh, booze and drugs are everywhere. Family's a little concerned about it. You got a Harry vibe. There's a, There was a rumor that he uh, porked Elizabeth Hurley, too. She really? took his V card when he was 20. Now, he she denied it, but no. I, I want to live in a world where that story's real. I think she denies it because she lives where the she's royals Brit. live, she's yeah. Brit, yeah. Uh, so maybe you don't want to be in the same country and say that you porked a twenty-year-old. You mean I need to tell the guy who is complaining about too much attention and media coverage ruining his family now doing nothing but interviews and a documentary and writing a book? I mean, unbelievable. He's not maybe, writing; he's got a ghostwriter. Sure, he didn't yeah. actually write the book, but he's coming out with a book and he's doing. He, that dude is all over my television right now, and the whole basis of it is why won't people leave us alone? I know. And yet you keep going on national television. I actually, I have no real <laughs> opinion of the Royals other than they're in our lives too much. And they're horrible people. Did you catch the stray that he shot at his brother? Like, it's one thing to have family strife, okay? I think we all go through it in some ways. Well, I kept seeing something about reports that they got in a big fight. Or... I mean, they, they, he's, since he started dating that gal, they have not had a good relationship. He married a non-royal. You can't do that in yeah. a royal family. Yeah. So the Middleton gal's a royal? She's a royal. She's from a royal bloodline? Uh, she's a, like a She's from an acceptable, acceptable bloodline. Acceptable bloodline. Oh, the white one? Yes. Um, <laughs> shocking. Uh, no, but I saw a tidbit from his book. He's like, he has a line about his brother, and he's like, I saw he was bald, and I was just flabbergasted. And I'm like... <laughs> Bro, you think your brother chose to be bald? Yeah, but I mean, they didn't choose to have the Costanza. It, it happens. Why are you throwing? Why that was he out? surprised? Like we were surprised when Stuart Sink takes off his hat. You know, at the end of a round of golf, it'll, oh. <laughs> it's pale white with no hair. <laughs> what the hell happened, Stuart? Well, I guess he hadn't seen his brother in like a year and a half, and like oh, between that, the his palace hairhead. is a big house. <laughs> he's actually. I will say this: what he's doing now is hilarious and laughable, and it's all for attention. Despite the claims, he doesn't want attention. He is the only one in the family that I slightly respect, though. Oh, really? He like he left. He went and served in the military. Oh, like I he know. he got out. Yeah, and I I will always respect that. And now he's bringing him down to the trash. He's I love tearing it. them all down. They're all horrible people. Yeah. They've done horrible things for centuries, and we worship them like they're gods <laughs> because they were born into a family. They don't have to work. They're billionaires their entire lives. Good for him for trying to tear it all down. I've been more interested in the two murder cases going on in America. Have you yeah, seen these two? I'm, uh, what, I don't know. What's the other one? I know the Idaho one. Oh, you haven't seen the Massachusetts one? No, what's the Massachusetts oh, one? Oh, man, let me fill you in real quick. There's a, a mom and a wife disappeared on New Year's Day. Couldn't find her. No trace of her. They asked the husband. He's like, I, I don't know where she is. Sure you don't. Couldn't find her. Ruled him out as a suspect. Okay. Couldn't find him. Investigating, investigating. Wait a minute. Something's not right here. Go back to the husband. And they've recently discovered the husband made a bunch of purchases at Home Depot. Uh-oh. Tarps, ropes, handcuffs, zip ties. Yikes. Like things that you'd need. And then they found his Google search history, and he literally typed, 
how to depose of a 115-pound woman's body. <laughs> Holy ass. And now they're investing. They found a knife now in the basement that was hidden, and now he's been arrested. Yeah, I'd say so. And they were looking at the trash dump. They think he might have put her in the trash dump. Wow. Yeah. How crazy is that? How stupid are people? Well, and then also the Idaho one. If you don't like your wife, just leave her. I, well. Just get a divorce. You like, didn't what? see what happened in Utah, did you? No, I did not. Wife filed for divorce. Uh-huh. Can't. That's a big no-no in the Mormon religion. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't do that. Uh, but the wife filed for divorce. The husband did not take it well. <sighs> Off the whole family, including himself. Lovely. Just loving America all over. That's a good That's a good uplifter on a Tuesday morning. Well, I mean, it's better than the national championship game. It's <laughs> oh. basically what happened. I, yeah, I would like to report a murder. It happened on television it, it, last yeah, night. Yeah, I saw it in football <laughs> sense, yes. And then the Idaho one, I still have a lot of questions about the roommate that saw I this got, guy. Yeah, that one I've been glued to. That story is wild. Saw the roommate, or saw the murderer. The murderer walks past her. Yeah. Why does he not tie up the loose end why would he not kill her why does he let her go into a room why does she not call the cops for like seven hours or whatever it was he not know how to beat in a a locked door like you could easily knock that down. i don't know what that was man that's it's weird she didn't call the cops he didn't kill her no something going on there something weird's going on feels like it's going on there uh well despite that we will get into sports today i promise you we will brad spielberger is going to join us from pff.com so we'll dive into Wild Card Weekend. I also have a question about the number one pick, which we'll talk about at 7.15 today. Uh, I saw a blurb from him, and so we'll kind of revisit that with Brad when he joins us uh, at 7.30 for the Daily Ticker. A lot to get into, but let's um, let's start, I guess, with whatever that was. We're off the hook. We're off the hook. We are. And uh, we'll get to it next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you on this uh, beautiful Tuesday. I enjoyed Swag taking a lot of grief yesterday for his fan thing, but I also enjoyed everybody suggesting which team to root for. There was a lot of good suggestions that were made. Yes, I'm. I'm just. I'm taking it all in. I think uh, we'll use. I don't know if I need to make some official visits at some point. I, I well, I kind of want to. see. I mean, depending on who you end up picking, you they might be involved this weekend. They might be involved in the postseason. Yeah, the I Chargers think... were a candidate. They're in the playoffs yeah. on Saturday. A lot of a, there was a lot of uh, welcoming from Bills Mafia. 
Bill's Mafia is always welcoming. They want everybody. Yeah. I mean, we're all kind of in Bill's Mafia right now with what they've been through the last couple of weeks. A few yeah. pitches made by Bengals fans. Yeah. yeah. Bengals are a good one. I You could go pop a spray and you could just jump on the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets wagon. It's a good roster. Need to go get a quarterback this offseason. Could be Derek Carr away. Could be. You never know. Maybe they sniff around Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers needs to stop playing in cold weather. He can't cut it. Yeah, he needs to go warm. Go, go play south. a dome. Go, go to the Saints. Go south, young man. Go to the Saints. Uh, well, last night sucked. <laughs> I mean, I mean that was the worst football game in the history of football. I, I, I'm asking this sincerely, and I had a couple responses, but I put this on the show page. That's the worst championship game in sports history, right? The only one that comes close I was not alive for is 49ers-Broncos. Yeah, but that was less... I mean, it was 55 to 10, but it was a Super Bowl. <laughs> and I think in Super Bowls, yeah. we tend to expect closer games than we do yeah, in that college. Yeah, was, that was over from the very beginning. And it was John Elway's first Super Bowl. That was a yeah. huge storyline going against the I dynasty of the that. 49ers. Yeah. Like, that was... That's a good one. 55 to 10 in a Super Bowl, you will never see again. Uh, yeah, you got close with the Seahawks against the Broncos. That was at 43-7 or whatever that was. Like those and are, that and the fifty five ten was worse than that Seahawks. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm just like, I know it's a Super Bowl and it's better. It's the NFL, but like sixty five yeah. to seven. It's one of the worst. It's the worst college championship game we've ever seen, undoubtedly, and it is one of the worst major football games we've ever had to watch. We, I, I jokingly was thinking and talking about yesterday. Oh, you know, I've been Oregon fans hoping Georgia wins by more than forty six. I didn't think they would actually win the game by that margin. I didn't think Georgia was going to hit the over by itself. Yeah, see, that was that's the thing. another good point. I, I didn't. The thing that I was worried about was I just didn't see how TCU was going to stop Georgia. I just I don't I didn't know how it was going to happen. They gave up nearly fifty points to Michigan, and Michigan threw two pick sixes and didn't score twice inside their own five yard line. Yeah, that's true. And they still nearly gave up fifty points and blew that game. And Michigan's offense is not Georgia's offense. As somebody who's seen Georgia's offense uh, firsthand, that was my only thing. I thought it was going to be, and I disagreed with Swag's uh, under bet. I saw a lot of people liking the under. If, if anything, I thought maybe he'd get a shootout for a bit because Georgia's defense has really struggled the last couple of games. Ohio State took it to them. They threw the ball all over them. LSU in the SEC title game threw for like 500 yards on them. I thought, hey, there's something there. But eventually, Georgia's going to have to do something to shoot themselves in the foot. Bennett's going to have to throw a bad pick. They're going to have to drop a punt. Like, TCU's going to need a major break just to get a stop and flip the momentum. And that's why, like, I'll jokingly say I thought it was over at 10 nothing. But when you're already playing from behind and you don't have a defense that's capable of getting a stop, you can score every possession from then on out. And I still don't think you have a chance to win the game. They got, what, one stop last night? I think the opening drive of the third quarter, Georgia came out sleepwalking and went three and out. That was it. The game was over, though. The game, I mean, it was already over at that point, but that was the only, <laughs> literally the only stop they got all night. It like, was one stop to start the third quarter. I know the, you know, the stat, to, not to rear its ugly head, but like it's like one in 590 when teams are up 31 at the half, and the one is when Oregon's center got hurt. Like, outside of that happening. And quarterback, don't forget that. And quarterback. But like outside of something like that happening, which doesn't ever happen, eh, that game was done. It was over. It's done, so. I, I, I couldn't even. I can't even offer an analysis of like, oh well, on this and this, and he coached this, and he made this decision. None of it matters. It's all a moot point. They won sixty-five to seven, and I, I just, I don't know where. 
I, I love college football, and I just I, – I feel like the have and the have-nots and the, hey, how's the Pac-12 going to do thing? Like, that. unfortunately, those conversations kind of rear their heads today because you watch Georgia and you go, my team's nowhere near that level. No. And that's almost every single fan base in America except maybe Ohio State and Alabama. I mean, the reality of college football is every single year, there's maybe five teams that have a chance to win a national title. I and, think five is being generous. And that might even be generous. I think it might be three. There is a blueprint that shows there, there have been three. Hold on, let me find it. There have been three teams in the history of, the, of modern college football where you actually have to go play a national championship game. Yeah. And you're not awarded it at the end of the season. There have been three teams in the history of recruiting rankings of the, that era that have won a national title without having signed a top five class in any of the previous four years. Sure. Because because every other national champion has to sign at least one top five recruiting class, if not more than that. The only three to ever do it were Auburn, who had Cam Newton, maybe the greatest college football quarterback we've ever seen, and Dyer was down. Clemson did it with Deshaun Watson, who was an absolute Hercules in college football, and they did it again with Trevor Lawrence. So uh, that's sh- it shows you what it takes if you want to have a ch- any chance at being one of those outside of the clusters and winning. And Clemson was a top 10 recruiter at that time under Dabo Sweeney, so it wasn't like they were far off. And Auburn was in the SEC, and they had one of the best D-tackles in the country. Like th- There are four to five probably teams that have a legitimate argument every year of having a chance. And if you want... If you want to feel optimistic today, you can't after that game. But I will point you back to the playoff. I mean, we were a field goal away from Georgia not going to the national championship. Yeah, I know. Ohio State was that close to knocking them off. We were a couple of plays away from having an Ohio State-Michigan national title game, which would have been far more entertaining and dramatic in my mind oh, it would have been better than what sure. we got last night. Yeah. So I, Ohio State just was one of those teams that had the horses that if they showed up could go toe-to-toe with Georgia and they damn near knocked them off. Yeah. This is an example of why we talk about recruiting. Like, you're, you're putting three stars against five stars, and it's not going to end pretty for you. Oh, yeah, TCU, I mean, just recruiting rankings alone would have made them an outlier in college football history. Yeah. They were, like, I think 30 or 31st in recruiting rankings. You just you don't get teams that do that often. I do wonder with your stat, uh, not to say it's that's going to change in the next, I don't know, five, ten years. Maybe it will. I do wonder when the portal is going to start playing a factor in the, that stuff, right? Where mm-hmm. a team is 12th in their recruiting rankings, but and I'm sure we already have kind of the portal composite rankings that are out there, but I'm sure we will isolate portal rankings too. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering when a team's going to be like, oh, they're a top 15 high school recruiter, but they're a top 10 or top portaline eight team. portaline <laughs> team. Like, yeah. I, I'd imagine that's going to play a factor at some point in major college football. But, um, yeah, last night, just a reminder, uh, we're significantly better than everybody, even the Ohio State game. I mean, you're right. They, they're they a field goal away. But I thought the field goal attempt kind of uh, summed up the whole thing of like, hey, we're so close. And then the field goal's not even, like, sniffing an upright. And so, yeah, they're a field goal away. If they play that game like eight times, Georgia's winning seven or six of them. Probably in blowout fashion, right? Like Ohio State played a really good game, and CJ Stroud's going to be an NFL quarterback next year. But I don't think you can count on that. Michigan, we keep saying Michigan, and Blake Corum's coming back. Michigan lost to TCU. (laughs) They ain't ready for Georgia. And I love David Pollock on the broadcast basically saying, right next to Nick Saban, yeah, Georgia owns college football now. And Nick Saban just like, oh, really? Like, Alabama's going nowhere, and outside of them, yeah, that's it. It it just it sucks. It's it's the one thing that sucks <laughs> about that sport is it's a three team race every year, and the rest of us are 
playing for bragging rights or, you know, hey, uh, we're playing on a New Year's Six Bowl. How about us? I did have a brief moment of thinking I should stop complaining about all SEC national title games because Alabama's probably the only team in the country that can go toe-to-toe with them talent-wise. Yes. And man, maybe I should stop complaining about that because at least it turns into a good game. The Pollock thing, and we can get into this a bit if you want, but it, that w- <laughs> the re- overreactions that we have, Georgia has won back-to-back national titles. It's incredible. They've won 29 of 30 games. We can get into their schedule next year. They're not going to lose next year. Go ahead and look if you want. <laughs> I don't want to play nobody. A game. They're not losing a game until like 2025, and that would be, uh, or I guess it would be 2024 potentially if they go down in the playoff for the national title next year. Alabama literally beat Georgia last year. They dominated them in the SEC, SEC title game. championship game. Dominated them. You know who was leading at halftime in the national championship game last year? Alabama. Yeah. You know whose top wide receiver got hurt in the second half of that game? Alabama. Like this notion that Georgia now runs the sport, David Pollock is an idiot. Well, I mean, they they have won back-to-back They're in the mix, but get to a point where you win like five and eight years, a la Nick Saban, and then we can go down that road. Yeah, I I feel like Nick Saban next year is going on an FU tour in college football. Yes. Because he he did the broadcasting thing. He did. Both of them need new quarterbacks, though, so if you want a glimmer of hope, I guess there it is. Did you see how uncomfortable he was sitting next to Pat McAfee? (laughs) I didn't watch much of the pre-post coverage. Oh, you didn't? I didn't, I didn't watch the post. I watched pre. I kind of turned it on right at kick. I knew the game was going to start at like 445. And I just I didn't want to go through any of that. McAfee did his McAfee thing, and Saban just so uncomfortable next to that. Not a McAfee guy. Well, I think he likes him. I just McAfee is doing like weird physical gestures, <laughs> and he taps Saban on the shoulder really hard, like yeah, let's go. And Saban just looks at him like, "What is your problem? <laughs> We're on television, dude." I, I will thank Pat McAfee because he was. Left that game watchable for me. I turned it to that broadcast, they, too. They were funny. They were hilarious, and it made me chuckle, and that was the only thing that kept me around for a bit. Uh, we got to hear from Kirby Smart. He has a pregame speech that we're going to get to. We also got him making fun of his own child in the postgame. I couldn't believe I, I listened to this twice to make sure. Indeed, he makes fun of his own child. And uh, one player getting all the credit, which is really funny, considering the talent on that roster. So, We'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll move on. Dirt and Sprague back with a little bit more of the college football stuff next on The Van. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, last night, Dirt's favorite college football player of all time got all the attention in the world <laughs> as uh, Stetson Bennett single-handedly beat TCU 65-7. to He's surrounded by a bunch of scrubs, but he went out there. <laughs> He's able to play well despite not having any help. No, he carried that team on his shoulders. I saw TCU gave up more points in the playoffs than the, in the entire 2011 Alabama team all season. Oh, and an entire s- season? Yeah. Jeez, they gave up 65 geez. to Georgia, and what did they give up to Michigan? 45, 50? Uh, yeah, uh, sure. 45 points. Wow. So they gave up 110 points, and uh, or whatever it was, and that was more than what Alabama gave up the entire 2011 season. Well, you know, we, we live in a quarterback culture. We talked about celebrity at the start of the show and how obsessed people are with celebrities. What are the celebrities eating? What are they wearing? What are they doing? We always want to know. And we've turned that into the quarterback position, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the NFL, where obviously we talked this weekend and we've got Lawrence, we got Herbert, and 
We've got Allen and Burrow, and we get to watch all these guys play the position the best it's ever been played. We love the quarterback. The Stetson Bennett Georgia thing, I think, is an interesting one. Nobody's saying he doesn't he hasn't played well. He's a good college quarterback. <laughs> but I saw Balsack Sports tweet a video of one of his touchdown passes to McConkey. It's like, how many NFL quarterbacks are making this throw? And it's him with like four seconds of pass protection. And nobody and a around. Wide open wide receiver that led to 17 7. And I'm not saying he won't play in the NFL, but it just I don't know. Of all the things to kind of follow storyline wise for Georgia. Maybe it's just because of our obsession with that position now, and it's celebrity for us in sports. I don't know what a reason we're, we care so much about Stetson Bennett, more so than, I don't know, all the defensive NFL players that are on that side of the ball, you know, the all-pro, all-American tight end that's going to be like a top-ten pick when he goes to the draft. Brock Bowers is so good, man. Uh, oh, by the way, his backup is a 6'7", 280-pound freak. Yeah. Uh, he's got an offensive lineman that looks like the biggest human being of all time. Uh, but, yeah, Stetson Bennett. It was all Stetson Bennett yesterday. And I I don't hate the kid, but I was getting kind of annoyed. It's like, can we pay any attention to any other player on that team? This is, to me, it's like the Jimmy Garoppolo effect. And I know that's a little offensive to Jimmy Garoppolo because he's a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett is. But this is the way I feel when we talk about the 49ers and when we use wins and losses as a quarterback stat. And I think Brock Purdy has proved that point right. He's 6-0 and as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And if Brock Purdy was a starting quarterback for maybe 25 other NFL teams, we're not really talking about him. His name isn't widely known. He's winning largely because of the system around him, the coaching that he gets, and the fact that he's got weapons galore and an elite defense. Like That's why he's having a ton of success. He's making the right throws when he needs to make the right throws. He's not turning the football over. you got to be able to do those two things. But ultimately, their, their success is as a team, not because of quarterback play. And there's nothing that bothers me more in the modern football narrative than using wins and losses as a quarterback stat. It's not a quarterback stat. Every quarter quarterback is dealing with a different set of circumstances from coaching to offensive line play to targets they can throw to to the ability to be balanced as an offense and run the football to not having to score 40 points a game because their defense is very good and you can just kind of go out there and run the ball and manage it like every situation is different and using it as a win-loss stat for that position it drives me nuts Stetson Bennett is a good college quarterback he's better than Jake Fromm He's better than Jacob Eason. Those guys had a lot of talent around him, and they couldn't win national titles. JT Daniels, he sucks, right? He's better than those guys. you got to give him credit for that. But I'm with you. It's nauseating to watch them win and to have to hear over Did you know he's a walk-on? Did you, did you know he played in junior college? Yeah? Do you know that? You know, can't wait for the Disney movie. A guy who's older than Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert torching 18-year-old kids <laughs> in a national title is game. true? Is he older than both of them? Than both of them. <laughs> He's also the same age as Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I think it's like a month's difference. They're both 25 years. He's 25 years old playing against kids that he is six and seven years older than <laughs> with all world talent around him at Georgia. Like, just stop, man. And he's going to be the one to get a statue. That's what's interesting to he's me. He's the one like, that will be remembered from these Georgia teams. Which is, oh, man, we're going to look back on the NFL careers of some of these guys and probably go, well, that was a little disrespectful, wasn't it? Uh, here was Kirby Smart, so he's going to lose Stetson Bennett finally to the NFL or wherever he ends up going. Uh, I think he'll be in the NFL, by the way. I do. I think he'll find a, a home. I do not. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. I'm not. I mean, he'll get, a, he'll, backup, get, he'll get a cup of coffee, but he's I, he is too too small. 
He's not very big. He's a tiny guy. He doesn't have a lot of arm strength. That That is a bad recipe in the NFL. It, it doesn't, uh, but I'm saying like a third string guy, I could see him doing sure. that. He'll hang around for a couple years and then be a coach, and he'll be insufferable there. So Stetson Bennett's beloved, and he's a hero to all the Georgia fans. Here was Kirby Smart. I <laughs> I loved this. This was Kirby Smart in the post game sharing a story about his 10-year-old. Tell you a quick story. I walked into my little, they got a real nice head coach's office in that room over there. And I don't know if Stetson knows this, but I walked in and my 10-year-old son, Andrew's balling. And I was like, oh, no, somebody's hurt his feelings. Somebody's thrown him down. Somebody's done something to him. I said, why are you crying? You're going to ruin my moment. He said, Stetson's leaving. Stetson's gone. I said, he's 25 years old. He's got to go. <laughs> Even his head coach knows. Can we, can we talk about the isolated part of that audio where he basically is oh, like, God. Oh, someone hurt his feelings. Someone pushed him down. He's crying. Oh, can you imagine being the 10 year old? And when you're like 13, that clip is still surfaced and you're now in middle school and high school. And people are like, yo, your dad is like clowning you here. I couldn't imagine being clowned like that by my parent in front of America. No, I could not imagine that. I could not. That can you was... play that one more time? I have. I listened to this twice, and I'm just like, he's destroying his 10-year-old nationally because his 10-year-old likes Stetson Bennett. Tell you a quick story. I walked into my little – they got a real nice head coach's office in that room over there. And I don't know if Stetson knows this, but I walked in, and my 10-year-old son, Andrew's balling. And I was like, oh, no, somebody's hurt his feelings. Somebody's thrown him down. Somebody's done something to him. I said, why are you crying? You're going to ruin my moment. He said, Stetson's leaving. Stetson's gone. I said, he's 25 years old. He's got to go. He's crying. You're going to ruin my moment. This is my moment. Shut up, you little squirt. <laughs> you little brat. Look what you did, you little jerk. I just love that he ends it, though, too, with the statement understanding, like, yeah, it's a little ridiculous Stetson Bennett is still in college. The guy's 25 years it old. It almost was like Kirby was Kirby was trying to say without saying it. Yeah, I was trying to get rid of him last year. He's 24. He came back in my office. He wanted to come back. I didn't really have a choice. I had no choice. Yeah, the numbers on it. So he was born October 29th, 1997. Yeah. Was when Stetson Bennett was born. Uh, Herbert was born in 98, full year later. Wow. Jalen Hurts was born in 98. Year full year for Justin Hurts. Full year later, uh, and Lamar Jackson also born in 1997. And Lamar Jackson is ending his rookie contract. Justin Herbert has been in the NFL now for three years and going to the NFL playoffs. And Jalen Hurts might be the MVP this year and had an unbelievable season for the Philadelphia Eagles. So it was uh, he's an old dude, and he needs to move on. Uh, a, a, a couple things I want to get to in college football, and then we'll move on, including, one, the pregame um, speech given by one Kirby Smart. We got that leaked last night, and it's exactly what you'd expect. And so we'll play that. And then also uh, we got to pay respects to what one NFL, uh, one college football writer is saying uh, matters the most. And I'll tell you what that is coming up next. Dirt and Sprague on the face. We're not going to get a uh, cease and desist letter from Dre today, are we? Or is that only for politicians? My guess is it's politicians. <laughs> that was specific politicians. That was unbelievably well done by his legal team. That was great. Um, we've got the Kirby Smart pregame speech that we'll get to here in a second. But I wanted to, uh, I wanted you to make sure uh, you heard about this. And uh, I saw this last night, and I got really excited about it. And I said, I'm going to share this with Dirt, because Dirt's not going to know how to react to it. <laughs> and that is the final AP Top 25 poll. Okay. 
And uh, I also love, by the way, did you yeah. notice that before the national title, they don't revise? So TCU was still number three. Yeah, that was a really Despite odd. beating Michigan, we can't put a two next to their name. Yeah, well, I, I yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? We can talk about that. We can't update the top ten. The bowl well, games no, that's the played. same thing they do in the NCAA tournament. Your seed is your seed through the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brett McMurphy's top twenty-five in the AP is the only one that really matters. I mean, exactly. Who cares what the actual final top twenty-five? No, is? it's Brett McMurphy. And this is his end of the season top twenty-five. This is his yes. end of the season. So he's got Georgia TCU one two, obviously, right? Then he goes Michigan, hot take at three. I mean, they beat Ohio State. I yeah, but this, in Ohio State, this is what I said about the Pac-12 season: the wins versus losses against an opponent matter. But then, does the playoff not matter? Does almost losing to George? Does almost I mean, beating George is better than getting kind of blown out to a certain extent for a while there by TCU? It, it matters, sure, but I can't. I mean, they just boat raced him in Columbus. Okay, I can't overlook that. So those are your three, four. Then it's Tennessee five. Then it's Bama six, Washington seven. Okay, Penn State eight. So he got that part right. Yeah, Oregon State nine. There you go. Top ten team. The actual AP poll, they're seventeenth. That, oh, they're seventeenth. Yeah, they're Oregon's, behind Oregon. Oregon's fifteenth. How? It, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. In the final AP poll, I know AP voters are stupid. <laughs> what? Well, let's not say they're stupid. We they just, are stupid. An, As our, a collective group, they're they are, stupid. They're stupid. Our, our Oregon writer of the year is an AP writer this year. Did you not hear? <laughs> Andy Peterson. I'm not saying all writers are stupid. I'm saying the college football voters are largely stupid. I, I, there's a lot of AP voters I would love As to have As a 10-win team, with. to having them rank 17 in the country is. 17 was, that's laughable. Yeah. That's laughable. Yeah. And you said they're ranked behind Oregon? Uh, well, yeah. 15 I mean, and 17. Head-to-heads matter. They should matter. They do matter. They play the game. Mm-hmm. And they have the same record. That's why I'm only observing Brett McMurphy. <laughs> that's it. He's, the only, <laughs> he's the only one. It's the one that makes me happiest. Oregon, on his, by the way, is 12th. Oh, okay. He has them behind Tulane and FSU. Florida State ended the season great, man. Florida State was maybe the best team in the country. And Tulane had a dream season, too. Tulane beat USC USC in the the combo. you got to give them credit for that. Where did USC end up ranked in the AP? Uh, I missed that. I can't remember. You say USC? USC for him was 15th in the final AP. USC ended up 12. 12. Oregon 15. Oregon State 17. UCLA 21. Why did UCLA get voted in? 21. Yeah, they lost their bowl game, too. They they yeah. leaked oil at the end of the year. Yeah, they did. Utah's 10. Washington is 8. So Washington is the only Pac-12 team. Um, well, no, Utah and Washington, two times. And Utah deserve, I mean, Utah got their, had their quarterback get hurt in the Rose Bowl, so I like giving them the benefit of the doubt there. That all Not all losses are created equal, right? Opponents matter. How sure. you lost matter. Who you had playing in the game matters. Like, context matters when you talk about these kind of things. I do think it's exciting you know, I've, I've seen a lot of these way too early preseason top 25 polls are starting to come out. McMurphy himself had one where both Oregon and Oregon State, I believe, were in his top 10, or at least Oregon was. I know that. Washington won, was as well. There are different outlets that are coming out with them. And if you look in the top 13 to 14 in the country of these way too early preseason uh, you know, predictions, there's four, five, six Pac-12 teams that are in there. Yeah, I'm looking at ESPNs right now. Uh, USC 7, Oregon 9, Washington 11, Utah 13, Oregon State 17. Like, that's awesome going into the year. That's going to be next year's? That's, that's just a way. way they do the these first, way, yeah, too early, way too early ones. Top 25. And Cam Rising announced he's coming back. I think I'm more upset by Oregon State being 17 on that one than I am the final AP poll. <laughs> I'm also upset that Utah's ranked that low considering they've won the conference back-to-back years and as Swag just pointed out, their quarterback's coming back. So Yeah, I want to get to that coming up top of the hour. Maybe they should get a little <laughs> bit more benefit than that. Um, we've got the pregame speech for the Natty. 
And you played football at a very, very high level. I did. People don't understand. Dirt was one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Oregon. I was elite. In 2007. <laughs> 2006. Elite. In 2006, Dirt was one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Oregon. Okay, you'd be hard-pressed to find many quarterbacks better and more talented than Andy Dirt Johnson. You want to check out the highlight tape? I got the highlight tape. He still has the tape, and he watches it every night on his anniversary, and then he gets excited, and the anniversary ends well for him. Uh, and he, he not an issue for me. He would not be surprised to hear this pregame speech, but I think anybody that played football would not be surprised. The people who don't play football, this might this might be a bit much for you. Here's Kirby Smart's national championship pregame speech. No ass is prepared for this for 365 days. I think about in that locker room. Think about getting our opportunity. All the went through this week to get ready for this game. Now is when you pay the price. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm. Hey, guys, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious. Ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about Go out here and Don't think about scoreboard. Don't think about you think about knocking the up. Did you hear what Box said on Monday? When I sat in that I wanted to go play right then. Two years out here. Two years ago. Pride and joy. Tell me you guys up. You go play the right way. You play the right way. You knock their ass off. You stay on the ground. You tackle the man with a ball. It's easy. Look at the right Punish their ass on offense and kick their ass on special teams, guys. It's about who the I believe in you. Let's go. That was like watching an episode of Cops again. That was a flashback. <laughs> that was 20 bleeps. Man. A lot of, lot of, in about 60 seconds. A lot of yelling, a lot of cuss words. That's a football speech right there. God, I haven't heard one of those in a while. A lot of yelling. We had one of those when I played. Uh, I can't remember how old I was. It might have been middle school. It, no, it might have been fifth grade. We had one that was like I was way too young to be having that kind of speech. <laughs> and football did not matter that to that to that extent, and I had one, and we lost like forty eight to nothing. And I thought I remember going home, going, "What a waste of a speech." That's a good speech, man. Why'd you use it on that game? Should have used it on a winnable game. I'm pretty sure it was when I was in fifth grade, because when I was in elementary school playing, we were go hit his ass. We were so bad. The best one I ever got was an analogy, the the uh, hammer and nail analogy. That one got us fired up. Hammer and nail. Like you're either gonna be the hammer or you're gonna be the nail. Which one are you gonna be? <laughs> go be the hammer. Yeah! Everybody starts hitting the walls. Let's go. That was probably the best one I ever got. You were the hammer. Huh? You get you can't be the nail. You're, if you're the nail, you're getting hammered. Our defensive coordinator in middle school, because uh, Park Rose has this weird thing. In elementary school, you're awful. In middle school, you dominate. In high school, you get beat by everybody. <laughs> and in middle school, we were really good. Our defensive coordinator, though, played at Washington. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I liked the guy. But he'd huddle us up and he'd make us bark like dogs. He would just do the Washington pregame thing. Any dogs in the house? Any dogs in the house? Oh, yeah, that was a good go to. That was a good go to. Like, okay, let's go. We're fired up. We're ready to go. Little four year old you. Oh, it's pubescent spray. I'm ready. Yeah. Come on, coach. I'm going to hit everybody. I was terrified of hitting. I just terrified. I threw my body at legs. I'm like, I'm going to trip these guys. Please don't hurt me. Oh, dude, I wasn't very big. Some kid with a mustache you're going against. I'm too tiny. Yeah, there was a kid at Dexter McCarty Middle School. He had a mustache. And I remember just weighing 110 pounds soaking wet. 
Oh, man. I will say, you know, Oregon caught a lot of strays last night because you mentioned the comeback. It was the last time a team blew a 31-point halftime lead. It was Oregon-TCU. Yeah. And the, the score, I think, early on made a lot of people reminisce of the opening game of Oregon and Georgia just, like, immediately, like, oh, God. I will say it, it was a very good way to end the season for Oregon fan. Like, we got, we kind of got off the hook a little bit. When they lost that opening game, it was, God, Oregon sucks. What's wrong with Oregon? <laughs> when in reality, the narrative should have always been, holy ass, Georgia's good, and nobody's probably going to beat them this year. And to see a team lose in worse fashion than we lost, we, I, I feel like an Eskimo bro of TCU till the end of time. How now. do you think Missouri's feeling right now? I was going to say, we need a 30 for 30 on Missouri. Missouri should have beaten that team. Who was? There was another one in non-conference that was like a no-name school that had them on the ropes for a bit. Uh, is it Southern Miss or something like no, that? No, it was Samford. No, Kent State. Kent State. That's Kent, right. It was the week before. Because remember, I told Swag to gamble on that Missouri game because the week before they played Missouri... They played Kent State. Let and me they pull didn't up. Play a clean game in that one. No, it was twenty-four to thirteen at the half. Yeah, but at least Missouri was legitimately winning and yeah. probably should have won that. Missouri football could have been on the, the one team had them on the ropes that beat Georgia this year. Missouri, yep. and they—I mean—they murdered everybody the rest of the way. Yeah. After that Missouri game, they beat. Auburn by 32, Vanderbilt by 55, Florida by 20-plus. Remember, they smoked Tennessee when Tennessee was at the top of their top this year. They dominated that Tennessee offense. They killed Mississippi State. Uh, had a weird one, 16-6 against Kentucky, dominated Georgia Tech, and then hung 50 on LSU, 42 on Ohio State, and 65 on TCU. Uh, hour number two, good news for the Pac-12 Conference, and I want to get to this from the NFL Week, and Brad Spielberger will also join us from Pro Football Focus at 7.30. Hour number two, Dirt and Break on the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2, and of course, Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 